You are listening to The Benchcast with your hosts, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. Hey guys, Coach Ben here, and you are listening to um, The Benchcast. This is our 2018 year in review podcast, and it is officially 2019. It was January 2nd today. It's January 2nd, you got to start signing your checks with 19 now. That's right. So make sure you switch over to that. Happy New Year to you all. Hope you had a fantastic New Year's Eve, whatever you did. Um, you know, more or less nowadays, I just struggle to make it to 12. Uh, that's kind of always been the case, though. I'm getting older. That's what happens. You just struggle. <laughs> The last thing you want to do is lay down. You lay down on the couch, you're done. That's a done deal right there. You are going lights out. Um, but it kind of, it was a rainy day out there in uh, in the city. I don't know if any of you went to the city, but it was, a, it was a rainer. It's one of those things that you do once in your lifetime, and then you avoid the city every New Year's after. Yes, I've, I've done that once. I'd actually do it again. I had a great experience. But, uh, man, not in the rain like that. You see everyone getting their hair wet and stuff. Did you watch the TV there? I, uh, you know, TV was on. Everyone was wet. Kept on blasting through. Everyone looked so Ponchos, everyone's hair was wet. It was ruined. Um, yeah, definitely not the, not the time you want to be out there. But I'm sure it was fun. Nonetheless, guys, uh, if you didn't hear before, we had our 2019 Planning Guide podcast. I wanted to let you know that that um planning guide is still up on bigbenches.com i'm gonna leave it up for a couple more weeks or so it's entirely free that means zero dollars so all i have to do is check out with it it'll be sent right to your email uh, if you did not hear that podcast we covered that whole planning guide it's a step-by-step guide to help you set your goals that you want for 2019 and then develop a plan on how to get there because that's the kicker guys we can all make goals but having a plan to get there is the next step in that process. So go ahead to bigbenches.com, 2019 planning guide for powerlifters. This is to help you with your lifting goals in 2019, and I highly recommend it. Um, I do this every year, and if I didn't do this every year, I tell you I would not have the success that I have. All right, I need to have that plan of action to get where I'm going, and so do you. So download that completely free. Also, some more news. Our VIP group on Facebook is active. All right. You can still jump in now. All right. Um, It is a low monthly rate of $9.99. You can pay up front for the year and save some money on that. But that is your best course of action to get personalized coaching from me on a very low cost scale you're going to be able to share your videos up there with the entire group you're going to get a personalized direction from me i'm going to tell you what you need to work on next continue to get better throughout your training Um, we're also going to have a lifetime discount for everyone in that group to bigbenches.com so if you're looking to get a t-shirt you want to save a little cash on that you know be in that group and that's going to give you a discount already and um sharing exclusive content and some other really cool stuff that i'm pumped for i'm gonna put some programming up there so if you're lacking a little bit of program and you want to get in on that boat too um definitely going to be sharing some bench programs and things up in there entirely free for the vip group uh hence why it is vip so guys don't miss out on that you can jump on that through our link in our instagram um, but it is also going to be included in the YouTube links, um, and I'm going to have it somewhere on the website as well. That you can sign up for that. Uh, so jump to it, guys. You don't want to miss out on that. So without further ado, let's get into our year in review. Yeah, I thought this would be the perfect time to kind of go over what kind of happened in 2018, uh, more or less on the lifting side of things uh, for myself and small arm leg strong. And I figured, you know, from from sharing these stories that maybe you guys can learn a thing or two as well. So that's what I'm hoping, and I want you guys to interact. So make sure if you're watching live on IG, please comment up. We are sharing our highlights of 2018, our low points, and the learning points that we had this past year. You should bench more. <clears throat> back Way back in October 2016, he hit 2.25. Wow. Touch and go bench at the gym. Who is this? You should bench more. Who said I should bench more? 
You should bench more. <coughs> we all should bench more. You should bench more. And this year, in 2018, he benched 292 in competition. Okay. Who's that? You should bench more. Oh, at <laughs> you should bench more. Oh, yeah. All right, now I get it. A little play on words there. All right. That's awesome, buddy. Let that 225 to 250. You went 225 to 292, and he's hoping for a 335 in his meet in April. Wow, that's some amazing progress. Um, I can't remember going through the 200s that quick. Uh, I know I progressed pretty good through the twos. The threes smacked me right in the face when I got there for a while. Was stuck good year, probably 315 for a while. Um, you know, it only gets harder the further up you go, but that's great progress. Hope you keep that ball rolling. So for you, it might just be figuring out what you're doing so well now, what's helping contribute to your success, and just keep the ball rolling on that. I always say if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Milk it for what it's all it's worth. When I find success with our lifters, we kind of get a golden formula going, things that are working. I try not to change things from month to month. You know, everything's based on a month-to-month cycle. And, you know, when I see things that are improving them, yeah, I'm not going to change that up. I'm going to see how long we can keep getting good results from that. So that's it, my friend. Just keep doing what you're doing. All right, so we're going to jump right into the highlights of this past year. And at least luckily for me, I had more highlights to speak about than lows, which is always good. Uh, but Small Arm here said he had a few more lows than highlights. I got a ton more lows than highlights. So everyone <laughs> has a little bit different year. Um, and I guess it depends how you look on things as well. Uh, so some of these lows might, you know, they're more like a learning experience than anything. But anyways, highlights this past year, I'd have to say right off the bat for myself, uh, one of the top highlights is most definitely last year's Arnold Classic, uh, going three for three there, uh, finishing second in the heavyweights to Rich Putnam. We're almost taking the belt home, but um, that that was a fantastic meet. Couldn't have asked for a better result there. Uh, end up hitting that 705 bench, which was the goal from the start. So it, it could really couldn't have gone any better than that. Uh, was really just the, the perfect ending to that whole thing. And I, I just had a great feeling about it. Wish it took home that belt, but that really wasn't the goal that past year. But uh, yeah, that went fantastic. So kind of going back to how I got into that meet, uh, went down to Ohio, did one of Dan Diggs' meet. Uh, I don't. He didn't really know who I was at the time. You know, I'm, I still don't know if he knows who the hell I am sometimes. But uh, I went down there. I wore my eye black. You guys know my whole gimmick. If you ever see me lift, I got the eye black. Um, I actually dyed my beard for the Arnold, but I got the bandana. The whole crazy look, the fangs in my mouth. And I think you remember me from the eye black. I remember going up to the to the him at the Arnold. I went to weigh in. All right, nervous as hell. You know, I usually get super nervous before big meets anyway. Uh, any meet in general, I'm, I'm pretty nervous, shooken up. Uh, in a good way, you know, you turn into positive energy. But um, I go, I talk to him. I had to get my wristband, right? So I go up and talk to Dan Day, get my wristband. I'm, I'm super nervous. He's just looking at me, and I tell him I'm going to be doing a bench bash. And he's looking at me just with these crazy eyes like, who the hell is this guy? Why is he doing the bench bash? He's probably gonna f the whole thing up. <laughs> and I'm and, and he he's uh you know giving me his weird eyes and but man if I wasn't already nervous I was super nervous. Now he didn't know who the hell I was. Um, you know I I could see he didn't really have high expectations. Uh, he's giving me the whole lecture about not bombing out, and um, you know all I could really do is kind of give him a smile back and be like hey I'm not gonna disappoint you. Um, you know, we're gonna put on a good show so. And that's what ended up happening. Uh, but, man, yeah, I was definitely nerve-wracked for that one. But, hey, once you get into that back room, guys, you know, I'm sure all of you get nervous as well. People always ask me if I get nervous for these big meets, and the answer is always, hell yeah. You know, I'll, I'll get more nervous than anyone. Um, but as soon as you get back there, touch the bar in a warm-up room, uh, you know, you're just kind of in your, your zone because you, you've been doing this. This is what you do in training. And once you get your hands on that bar, it's just the same old, same old. You just got to make it happen. So not too much to it after that as the nerves settle down, and then it's just game time. Kind of like relating to football. You get those butterflies, and once you get out there, you get that first hit in, you're golden. So same type of deal, guys. You got to turn that nervous energy into something <clears throat> positive. Um, just accept it. It's when you try to fight that nervous energy and start thinking negative things, like, oh, shit, I'm so nervous now, something bad's going to happen. That's when you run into trouble. 
all right accept it become confident once you touch that bar it's what you've been doing and training all this time the only difference is you got some people watching you but you know sometimes i like that i like people watching me um so that was a, a huge highlight for me there uh, you have any you'd like to share there before I go on? No, I'll let well, you finish up. All right. Got a lot of highlights. I got a little longer list. That was just <laughs> in the highlights. <clears throat> so I'll move on to, uh, and guys, you can share down below too. If you're watching on the IG Live, I would love to hear some of your highlights. We'll share it up on the podcast. All right. So 2018 uh, hit my biggest bench uh, ever so far. So 710. And that was on Dave Kingwater's Night of Champions. You remember we were down at Monster Bench. He was talking about how great his Night of Champions meet was yep, going to yep. be. And I was like, man, I got to do this meet. So I remember just going out in the hall. Um, you know, it was the, the wife's birthday weekend, so uh, we didn't know if we were going to be able to make it happen. But, you know, it turned into an awesome trip because we went out to Turning Stone, the casino there, uh, made a whole trip of it. But I was really happy to get out to that meet. Dave put on an awesome meet, as he always does. I think he runs two a year. You got this Night of Champions, which is a bench-only meet. Guys, if you're in the upstate New York area, definitely one of those meets to check out. Um, we have fantastic times, like four flights of bench. Everyone's bench and weight. Um, it's a really good meet. And in uh, uh, November is the Tom Brown Memorial. November, December is first weekend there. Um, and that's a fantastic meet, too. Dave goes all out. He told me the molding he, he got just for that Tom Brown Memorial Trophy, $800. That's just for the mold. That's not even for the trophies themselves. So he really puts a lot into his meets. Um, you know, he got the, the banners up. He's playing. He got DJ there. His friends with DJ there. Um, it's always a great time. But, man, I remember we walked into the building, and <clears throat> you go into this one room. You go upstairs. You go into this one room, and there is zero AC. And we're talking July. Talking July, guys. It is hot, all right? And it is steamy in that room. It's hot in general, but that room just captured all the heat. Uh, we had one of our interns from the gym. He came up to help me at that meet. And, man, I just remember I was telling him I had to warm up in the other room. I had to get out of that room. It was the hottest place that I've ever benched at. It was like benching in hell itself. And uh, good thing I was accustomed, though, because you know how hot it would get in the HQ garage space there. Uh, man, it gets hot in the summer. I was well prepared coming into this meet because I was sweating my ass off. Um, so that was a, a really tough thing to kind of deal with. Drinking a lot of water. But I remember Brian <clears throat> turned there. He uh, He's wiping down my back every attempt. You know, so he had the duties of taking my most sweaty t-shirt and and wiping down my big hairy back every attempt i was like brian you gotta hit my back you gotta hit the bench so i was sweating everywhere everyone was sweating everywhere so um it got real slippery and man the bench was on turf the bench was on turf fielding in this room and i was like shit dave i can't i'm not gonna be able to get one attempt in here unless we put something under this thing so I grabbed the yoga mat from the back. I had this yoga mat. Uh, I just clung to it the whole time. Had it in the warm-ups. I threw it out on the comp bench. Um, and man, uh, that, that turf was a little bit difficult to deal with because um, uh, that you know that's slippery, especially if you use your leg drive correctly. So guys, uh, it was very alarming to me that no one else really had an issue with benching on turf because your feet are automatically going to slip. And if they're not, you're not using your legs right. So it was just it was baffling to me how many people did not have an issue with that at this meet. I think everybody else just had cleats. They might have been. They might have just had their cleats on and I didn't bring them. I didn't get the memo. But, guys, that's that's a big deal. I always tell everyone, how do you know you're benching correctly in the horizontal direction? All right? People ask that because that's a key to keeping your butt down. If you're having any issues keeping your butt on the bench, it comes down to foot placement, but not always. It comes down to really how you're pushing back on the bench and how you're controlling where your hips are. All right, if you're pushing through the floor, your hips are going to pop right up, guys. And you're going to get daylight, your butt's off the bench, you can get a red light every time. If you can push horizontally back and really have a good control of where your hips are on that pad, then you're going to be golden. 
All right, so it's really about driving horizontally. But what comes with that is a lot less traction. Okay, so for example, if you're benching on ice or something, you know, uh, you, your feet are gonna are gonna slip. If you push straight into the ice, you'll be good, but um, your feet should slip. And I'm telling you, most surfaces don't have that great of grip. So if you've never experienced your foot kind of slipping forward on you, then you're probably not doing it right. In other words, if there's a wall right at the foot of the bench, if you had your feet on that wall, against that wall, right, you want to be pushing away. Does that make sense, guys? So that's kind of the direction of the force that we're getting. If we had a wall right in front of the bench and you were pushing off of it, that's what we're getting at. We're getting at that horizontal force, all right? So... Man, I tell you, Elvis, we had there was probably like fifty something lifters, and maybe four people had a problem with benching on turf, which is just unbelievable to me. <laughs> that I just wanted to take everyone, bring them into the other room, and be like, "What the hell's going on with your bench technique?" Everyone should have a problem with benching on turf. Um, everyone's leg drive sucks. <laughs> this is, this is a common issue too. It's just like bending the bar. You ask them bunch of people in a room bend the bar they start bending it around themselves instead of towards their feet yeah big misconception there too um but hey that's why we put out videos right on uh, how to bend the bar correctly create that tension there's a lot of little things that i'm just surprised that people um having a hard time with but hey you know benching's really difficult and it, there's a lot of little details that go into it that um, a lot of people just unaware of uh, and as soon as they hear that right cue everything just falls into place and clicks for them so um, that's why we're here to share those videos with you um, so yeah that was great that 710 man at the Arnold I tell you I got lucky to hit that 705 that thing started coming down <clears throat> should have been a little more patient with it at the top but I went with it um, and man that left side it was just swinging out on me and then I was like well shit something something weird is gonna happen <laughs> So I was, I was just going to keep taking it down. I got it down there. Uh, luckily, I got a really quick press command. The guy probably knew I was struggling. Uh, got a quick press command. And then the position I was in was anything but ideal. <clears throat> I was pretty low. I'm sure I could have been tucked under better. But I knew. I always tell everyone, hey, as long as I get this bar moving backwards, or as long as I press this bar backwards, I give myself an opportunity. So... That's what I kept in my head. I was like, I'm just going to throw this shit. Whatever happens, happens. And, oh, man, it just fell back into the groove. I was able to kind of sneak under it, and I actually got a real good firm lockout. And then, you know, I got two whites for that. Um, one guy said, I think my butt came up a little bit, but I got two whites. Good lift. <clears throat> and, man, that was a great feeling. But it wasn't a smooth lift, I'll tell you that. But this night at Champions Meet, 7-10 was second attempt. And, man, did that weight move really well. I was really happy with that. That was in my black SDP. Um, so I was really happy about that. That was a, a huge highlight of this past year. Um, and another one, opening up the HQ. All right. So I have a lot of uh, equipment that I just was not able to use until we were able to, to get our house. All right. And, and then I put it all in our garage space, and that is now the big bench is HQ. That is your center for all the filming that goes on. If you ever want to come down and train in person, all right, we've had people travel. You know, one of our online clients, Zach, he came all the way out from Oklahoma. Um, you know, if you ever want to come out and train, if you're local, we can set something up. We can get regular in-person training in. But um, you definitely got to come down to the HQ. We got a nice blackboard. It's like West Side Barbell style with the chalk on the chalkboard there. Um, and we got a really nice uh, leaderboard, top five leaderboard for benching up there. That's fill it up, and we're getting some big lifts in there, guys. And it's getting harder and harder to make that board, um, which I think makes it more prestigious. So we got like three, four hundred pound benchers at least there. Uh, raw, this is raw, um, up in the heavier weights. So you know, I'm hoping to see that continue. I want to get some strong dudes in there. So um, that was awesome being able to open up that space. And I'm definitely going to be promoting more of the in-person stuff because I, there's nothing like, even as an online coach myself, there's nothing that uh, substitutes for being in person, being able to coach someone in person, see what's going on, feel what's going on. 
Um, there's just no substitute for that. You know, videos, you got to get different angles and things like that, and you can make it work. But in terms of what's happening intrinsically, something you can't see in a video is best left in person. So, guys, if you're around, again, we're in Melville, Long Island. Um, if you're near here at all, I would make the trip out, schedule with me. Um, you know, we'll make a good time out of it. But definitely try to get an in-person session because there's so much I can cover with you in-person session. Um, just in one session, it could completely change the game for you for sure. But man, that that was that was a game changer, right? Being able to get there and film, got a nice comp bench in there. Uh, I'm really proud of that space. We just put up um, a nice little trophy shelf the other day. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so that that's nice. Cause I got those, you know, I get this trophy sitting in the basement collecting dust. So might as well display them out in the HQ. So. Yeah, that was a that was a huge highlight for me this this past year. Being able to open up that space and have people come down and bench and um, you know it made training really fun for me again. So I was really happy with that. And want you want to share a highlight there? Elvis? Yeah, definitely. Because I think we have the same one next time. Monster bench. Yeah, monster bench. That was a good time. That that was fun. That was my first competition since uh, like November of last year. That was yeah. like in March. That was a good time. I had a two fifty five bench. Which was the most I've ever done in the competition. It's touch and go, but you know, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a little background on the monster bench. This was my fifth year doing it. Elvis came down with me this year. Um, monster bench is kind of a for fun meet. It's unsanctioned. It's like a touch and go thing. But there's always a huge turnout, which is crazy because it's in Cooperstown, New York. Uh, if you're driving through there, guys, there is zero life whatsoever. <laughs> so you're the only car on the road for your duration of your travel and then all of a sudden the sport complex opens up it's a really nice place and too. it's like heaven's rays just come down on this building you just know there's some big benching going on and so so we, <laughs> <laughs> so we scurry into the parking lot i always park in staff parking because i consider myself staff for the event so we sneak over to the staff parking and uh um, yeah, did we go in there? We had a, we had a great time. There was a huge turnout, which is crazy because I said it's Cooperstown. It's like I don't even know who lives around there, but everyone comes out for the event. Um, this is my fifth year doing it. This was actually my f the first time I wore a shirt in any type of meat setting. It was at Monster Bench, and it happened to explode on me, and then I went to the hospital. <laughs> but it was a great time nonetheless. <laughs> met a lot of cool people. I, was, I met Rich and the whole uh, Gorilla Pack crew. Um, you know, m many years back, um, had a relationship with them ever since. They're an awesome group. Um, but yeah, that's an awesome meet, guys. April, first week in April every year, um, at Cooperstown, I forget the Clark Sports Center. So if you look it up on, on Google, it'll come up. It's 35 bucks to enter, it's like nothing. You always get this awesome shirt. Uh, you get uh, last year. What we get? Last year we got a skull caps. cap. That was real cool. Neon yeah, they green. Always they awesome job with promoting it and giving out those cool things. They have awesome prizes too. They uh, what they do? They, I remember a couple years back. So they actually updated the bleachers of the place and they took the old bleacher wood and they used that as the backdrop for the plaque, uh, which I thought was really cool. So I got this really awesome plaque. It's a two uh, two point five pound weight painted gold with the little um, monster bench emblem in the middle and then the actual bleacher wood from the building um, so that's a, that's a trophy that I think is, is really cool and memorable to me um, but I've been doing it every year and yeah I, ha I have that on my list too Elvis smacked the 255 around uh, hasn't happened since <laughs> <laughs> you know he's, he's, he's all you never know if he's gonna hit pretty much the same thing with all his lips you never know if you're getting 270 or 215, so you just got to kind of see what you get. Just kind of send it. But the thing is, he forced me into eating these, um, what the hell, sausage McGriddle. We had a sausage McGriddle before Monster Bench, and the entire duration I was cramping up. It was awful. It was the worst idea. I, uh, I, I shot for like 275 on that day, and I thought my hip popped out. It was Guys, real I, weird. I never <laughs> encourage anyone to eat sausage McGriddles before your event. It's just a bad idea. <laughs> there was no amount of water I could put into my system to counteract that much sodium. Yeah, I mean, it was just uh, it, was, it was not great, but hey, it was it was pretty good while you were eating it. The sausage McGriddle. I always enjoyed the McGriddles, but 
I don't condone anyone doing that in real life. All right. Um, yeah, I actually ended up winning Monster Bench uh, for my weight going to overall in the shirt. And um, Dave, I took one attempt, and Dave kind of gave me a little push near the end. He didn't end up hitting his weight, or I would have had to jump in there again. But um, I actually ended up winning because kind of by default because Rich couldn't compete this his past year. But, hey, I'll take the win because in my fifth year, man, I've been losing to Rich for a long time. <laughs> And in multiple ways, in the Monster Bench, at the Arnold, a lot of different times. Um, yeah, actually, I think I got him on that Bench Night of Champions because he did. I think he ended up bombing on that one. Um, so I think I got you there, Rich. But um, winning that Monster Bench, that was a cool feeling. Finally got to share it a little bit. You know, I wouldn't get my ass kicked. So I was able to take that home. Because, um, you know, Rich is always doing something absurd at these meets, like a thousand pounds. It's just ridiculous. The whole place goes <laughs> crazy. And I can't keep up with that, guys. Uh, I'm better in, like, a comp environment with, uh, with strict regulations and stuff. But Rich comes in, he just freaking tosses weight. And it's always, I hope he's there this year because I love when he, seeing him take these crazy thousand pound benches and stuff. And he's just absurd. Um, and the, the guy just has so much strength, too. Shout out to Rich Putnam. He just came out with this Bench Freak band. Give him a little promotion here on the Bench Cast. Guys, you might have heard the Titan Magnum Ram. You might have heard the Bench Daddies. You know Slingshot. But Rich came up with the Bench Freak band. And I think this is a really cool concept. It's simply a band kind of goes around your elbows there that you wear. Like any of these devices. But the thing is, it's looped in different layers. So... You could go from one layer to two layers with double ply to three layers with triple ply. So you could get as you know, tight with that band, get as much pop in that band as you want, and you're able to make those adjustments. I think that's a really cool idea <coughs> that he came up with. And you can get that at BenchFreak.com, I believe. Um, but, yeah, definitely check that out. That's a really cool tool. Um, want me to share one here? I wish I got a couple more here. Yeah. Highlights. One, uh, one of the things that really took off this year was my lifting photography. I got to go out to the Arnold. I got to go to the Monster Bench. I'm going back to the Arnold this year to photograph some more people. I have done a couple meets, you know. Yeah, all those um, photos you see uh, sharing, guys, that's all. Elvis takes those photos. I got a whole little gallery here in the office of all the photos he's got in there. Um, he does some great stuff. So if you ever want... I mean, I don't know if you're in the area or whatnot in New York, if you want some, some shots of your meats, you know, this is the dude. So make sure you look him up at small arm, leg strong on the Insta. Then I'm just hoping that the uh, Pats win the Super Bowl again so I can take another trip out to Boston to photograph them again. He loves, he loves going out to the parades. He got some good shots. We got a great one here in the in the gallery. Pats with the Super Bowls uh, on the on the duck boats. The guy's grabbing one of those little, those little nips and stuff. Um... But yeah, that, he he takes some great photos, so it, it was uh, definitely he had some awesome photos of the last Arnold. You know, went all out with the beard and stuff. He got it all. And I am so hyped because this year's beard is going to be next level. Yeah, this year's beard. There's something good in store for you guys. So, so we will. Uh, you'll see. You'll see when the time comes. Um, highlight for me: getting on the road, just getting on the road more often in, in the weekends and going to these booths making these boots at meet, doing um, the clinics, um, getting on the road, doing more training with other groups. Uh, I think those are all things I really enjoy. Uh, I enjoy being able to travel. You know, everyone's always like, man, five-hour drive here, something-hour drive there. Yeah, I don't mind it, guys. I just kind of do it. Um, but it, it's nice to train with other groups. You learn all these different things, and I, I don't think we see enough of that nowadays in powerlifting. Everyone kind of gets stuck up in their own little their own little circles or states or whatever no one wants to branch out just train with other groups um you know be like hey can i come down this weekend you guys benching or whatever um get out there make time and, and just train with other people you always pick up a thing or two and it just makes you a better lifter so i encourage everyone to do that there's no reason just to stay in your little in your little circle you know get out there get out of your comfort zone um, and just train with more groups. I've been super blessed to do that more this year and something I definitely want to plan on continuing to do um, upcoming year. You know, even doing some bigger trips uh, where I can get some training in 
you know, maybe with some guys in Texas and whatnot. A lot of great lifters down there. Definitely a state I plan to visit um, sooner than later. But setting up the boots, getting to see more of you guys at these meets, something I plan on doing more often this upcoming year. I really enjoy, um, you know, delivering all that top-level equipment that we sell and the apparel. We got the new reindeer design. That's out till January 13, guys. You're watching on IG Live. I'm showing it. But um, you got the bench and reindeer. We call him Rambo the reindeer. Um, he benches 600 raw. He's 750 in the slinger. So if you want to be like Rambo the reindeer, you get one of these shirts. I love this thing. Going to get him in the bench shirt, see if he can do a grand. Yeah, uh, you know, that's the upcoming year. That's one of his goals, so we'll see. But um, you're getting on, on the road again um, uh, more often. Doing the clinics is awesome, too. Uh, I love being able to educate everyone. Just like I was saying before here, how many people weren't bending the bar correctly or weren't using their leg drive correctly really baffled me. And, you know, the videos can only hit so many people, but if I can, you know, work with you in person at, like, a bigger thing, like a bench clinic, and get all hands-on with you guys, um, those are really rewarding experiences. So, definitely looking to set some more of those up this year and just meet more of you through that. Uh, but definitely a lot of traveling planned for this upcoming year. Uh, it's going to really test my schedule and stuff, but uh, I really enjoy it. So, that'll be, that'll be fun for sure. And I got one last pro of the year before we move on. I uh, I got back to squatting. I came back from a pretty bad knee injury in November. He was out for a while. I don't think I squatted like pain free until spring summer. But you you had an attack plan to uh, work through it. <laughs> you yep. saw Doctor Jimmy there. Doctor Jimmy's a huge me. help with that. Yeah, Doctor Jimmy, he's he's helping me PT work and everything. He's fantastic. But he got you over. You know, if you don't know, Elvis got some gigantic prehistoric <laughs> fossil knees. <laughs> He's got some giant knees. We actually measured the circumference of his knees, and they are by far about an inch and a half bigger than everyone else's. I want to talk to an anthropologist because I want to know what height these knees of an ideal person should fit on. I got to know what prehistoric dinosaur <laughs> family he's from. He's I, got these giant ass knees. I'm thinking my knees belong to a six foot eight man. Something's up. <laughs> if you take a look, it's like the, your eyes are just drawn to his knees because they're so goddamn big. <laughs> but he's back to squatting with those giant knees so that's a huge plus um, and the last highlight for me to have here is just just being able to coach our lifters out at the meets too and the success that they've had um, you know on our team uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun being able to get out the meets like for example I was at um, the USAPL Raw Nationals I'm sorry not Raw with the, the regionals I went out to USAPL Northeast Regionals again this year um, with another lifter of ours, Jay, who is killing it lately. Uh, every every meet, he seems to just be crushing PRs that we work together, and hopefully another one coming up here in March. But I uh, was out to USAPL Regionals with him. That was a fantastic trip. You know, it was held at Mohegan Sun, so it was it was cool. It was a nice little casino trip. I usually get to stop home, see the family and parents. Um, and then being out there to, to coach him, man, those those meets book too. Shit, those USAPL meets and the in the regionals especially, um, you have zero time. You gotta be spot on with when you get your warm ups in, guys. If you're competing USAPL, it is no joke. You better be ready to book it. After you lift, you have to just get ready to warm up again. You have zero time to eat. You better bring something that you can get on the go. You're not going to be able to sit down and have time in between. That shit's booking. Um, you got to be ready for it. So just a heads up on that. If you're planning on doing the USAPL meet, that stuff moves faster. Um, so actually, if you're only used to doing USAPL, it's probably going to be a nice little surprise. You have so much downtime um, when you do another meet. So you can actually sit down and eat a little bit. Um, those meets book. But yeah, we've had a lot of lifter success this year. Um, just Molly here last um, November, uh, she crushed it nine for nine, bunch of PRs. Um, but anytime I'm able to get out and actually coach our lifters, that's something I try to do too. Um, it's always a great, fantastic experience. And a lot of times I don't get to uh, meet all our lifters in person just because we work with people from really all over the world. So um, for example, one of our lifters, Joan, who competes IPF in South Africa, yeah, I'm not getting out to South Africa too soon, but um, she's absolutely crushing it. Another superstar on the team. Um, 
but yeah, it's always nice when I can get out to meet the, and meet the whole team, and uh, that's a great time. So that's a huge highlight for me in 2018, and it's going to continue in 2019. All right, unfortunately, we got to go to the lows of this past year, um, and I was racking my brain. Luckily, I didn't have a ton, but Elvis got a few for you here. Yep, had a little bit of a rough 2018. But guys, you know it's important to look at your lows too, not not as to kind of sulk in them, but as a reminder of you know something went wrong. How did I respond to it? How did I learn from it? And how am I going to try to prevent these things in the future? So that's why we look on the lows. It's not in a negative fashion. It's just what are we going to do to get better? So I was wanting to kick us off. We got a few of those. All right, I gotta go. I gotta go straight to the rock bottom on this one. Uh, lifting fell as a priority this past year. And being honest with myself about that, because I know I was in the gym, I tried to do, make it work as hard as I could, it just wasn't on the top priority list. And I could see that in my results over the past year. So that, that one's, you know, that one's real sad. Yeah, I definitely um, felt that with myself as well sometimes, is that uh, I didn't have things scheduled as good as I could, but it definitely on the priority list, it, it just seemed like I kept pushing training more and more back and it never ended up getting done when I wanted it. But I can I hear you on that one. And then I actually had another knee injury uh, after the one, me and Dr. Jim fixed, and that kept me out pretty much middle of summer. You know, that got a little shaky there. And one of those things is that lifting falls a priority, so my training was so inconsistent. So I didn't have time to do all the rehab and prehab work. I just kind of tried to jump back in. Yeah. Yeah, injuries, guys, is a real kicker. Um, you know, and sometimes you just can't do anything about that. It just spurs up. You know, I just made a post about training smart and doing all your prehab work working on things before they become a problem that's the best way you can prevent them but again injuries just pop up on you there's really nothing you can do but it's how you respond to them that really challenges you as a lifter you know like in Elvis's case it hurt his knee you know it's how you how you respond to that and get back into action yeah that's uh that's what makes it a good learning experience there and then unfortunately I also had a back injury in the middle of this too just riddled with yeah, uh, just riddled. I <laughs> got the injury bug. But one of those things is um, the whole learning experience. I learned how to prevent these injuries. I learned what are, like, the precursors to these injuries. It's like, oh, like, this part of my back is, like, a little sensitive today. Maybe I should take it easy and do more mobility work, prehab work, and actually nip this shit in the bud before it becomes an issue. That's one of the huge things with uh, learning from Dr. Jim, like, putting my education forward this year and just mobility work. That was huge it's been like five six months now i'm injury free like yeah. consistently lifting injury free that's awesome because um you know that stuff while it's not always preventable it it kind of is in a way that if you work on you, you train smart through things and so example maybe i'm feeling tender in my right shoulder pec or whatever i know there's something probably going on i'm a little limited range of motion here i can still bench just fine there's no pain um, but I know it's something to be worked on. I know there's something underlying there that should be worked on, especially if weight's going to just continue to increase. It's just kind of a recipe for disaster. So finding someone that knows what the hell's going on better than you can, um, like working with PT, like Dr. Jimmy, I am now, um, that's really critical uh, just to find out what's going on, what you can do better to prevent anything bad from happening then one of those things with chronic pain the injury what you come up is the last thing your body's going to tell you there are so many other like signs along the way that if you had just paid attention you probably could have prevented it to begin with it's small things that you just probably overshake. and then one of the big things that i learned this year is to continue to do that prehab rehab work for like two to three weeks after the pain goes away because you know as soon as the pain goes away you think you're good you're fine and then you skip out in a week or two and then it's right back there yeah, that's especially I noticed that in terms of stretching with my hips and doing like the core four religiously, you know, three times a day, just getting it in real quick. If you stop doing that, uh, that will come back to bite you. You know, you feel great, so you're like, all right, I don't need to stretch right now. But then you stop, and then all of a sudden, you're right back to where you were. So it's important once you find that secret formula to get you feeling good that you don't just stop it. Um, you find maybe you can do less of it and still maintain what you just did, but um, definitely don't want to stop altogether, especially immediately after the pain subsides or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's some really good ones, some good learning experiences in there. Uh, injury is always kind of a bitch, but 
you know, lucky I, this year I didn't have any major injuries as usual. Um, so I didn't really have a ton of lows. I did have some good learning experience that I like to share with you guys. Um, so, like an event last past year went horrible for me. Last man standing in Ohio was actually kind of the test run qualifier for this upcoming Arnie. Did not go good at all. Just hit the 660 bench on the second attempt. Um, just everything could have went wrong, was going wrong. Um, you know, I'm not going to go through it all, but... Um, the big one, I think, for me, the thing that was throwing me off the most, if we're going to just kind of pinpoint one direct thing that I can learn from especially, is um, which has been, as I was just touching on in the last meet there, is traction to the floor. You know, how we were benching on, like, turf and stuff. Uh, every warm-up room, it seems that I'm in, either the pad is very smooth or my feet are slipping on the floor. Uh, every meet, across the board, every time in the warm-up room, I'm having a hard time. So I'm thinking to myself, well, man, I'm just not prepared for this scenario. There's things I can do better. I'm spraying my shoes with Loctite shit, and that's helping a little bit. Um, but, again, then I'm having the shoulder problems where I'm sliding. Um, so there's got to be something I can do just to put more traction. If I bring – I got the, the benchmark from Mark Bell. It's just it's really just a piece of rubber traction. But if I put that in my gym bag, roll it up, it's super small, dirt, and, you know, you move with you and just take it. I throw it on there. There's some traction right there, all right? Uh, I was going to cut up a yoga mat, put it under my feet, and put it on, on the shoulders. But I'm learning again, again and again, that I'm not getting traction in this warm room. And then I go to the platform, and it throws me for a loop, throws me all off. So it's something that I'm finally realizing. You, know, you touch the stove, hot stove enough times, you finally realize that stuff's freaking hot. It's burning your finger. Um, so I'm learning how to, how to like work around that now and what I can do to get better. Um, which is probably same for you. Might, you might be encountering the same thing every meet that you struggle with and you're just not making those changes yet. And, um, you know, it's important that you realize what the hell's going wrong and then you make those changes. Sometimes you got to bang your head against the wall so many times just to understand that the wall is hard. Yeah. You don't get it the first time guys. Uh, you know, that's all right, but you know, eventually you got to start getting this stuff. <laughs> can't keep making the same mistakes over and over and over um this is kind of more on a, like a personal note but um man we got the the house this year and i would never been probably more stressed than than that time just because everything going on um you know i'm i'm not usually a, like a stressed type of person so this was all really new to me like i'm talking about like laying down just heart beating like you're like overloaded um is because so much going on and i'm someone who really wants like needs like personal space and when there's just so much going on and um you, you don't really get that and then starts affecting training a little bit so you know i'm sure more of you deal with that on a regular basis um this was luckily one of the first times i'm really getting that overload um and learning how to deal with that but um you know the, the best thing i think to do is just kind of go out and have some personal space go to go to the gym if that that chills you out you know i needed to be in a gym like a commercial gym that probably would have helped me uh, i don't really know anyone i'm just kind of doing my training more of a kind of relaxing type thing than anything you gotta keep in mind you can just do accessory work sometimes it's just kind of a um, mentally relaxing thing you like to swim right yep Swimming's real nice. Helps get you out of the, out of the stress of things. Because I work on my phone so much, you know, through social media, Instagram, and everything. So not being able to physically be around it is so free. Yeah, and I found walking too. Uh, going for a walk is very. Uh, it completely changes your mental mood. If you can get out, maybe throw some tunes on, and just go for a nice walk, get some fresh air. Uh, I've been doing a lot more of that this past year, and uh, I, I really enjoy just being outside. Um, you know, kind of being active and, and doing that changes your whole mental mood, guys. Just take a walk when you're feeling stressed and bottled up like that. Um, just take a walk or something. For, it helps a lot. I forgot he said it, but you should have three hobbies. One to make you money, one to keep you healthy, and then one to keep you sane. Yes, that's a really good one. That's very uh, enlightening. So just, you know, work on that. <laughs> that's a really good one. Um, and then another low and this is kind of a warning all to you guys i ended up getting a, <clears throat> a triple ply sdp grid stitch shirt 
All right. This was um, before everyone was telling me I should not grid stitch the SDP. It really uh, messes with the way the fibers are supposed to stretch. Uh, not something you're supposed to do, guys. Um, and, and, you know, in my experience, that shit will get down for you. It'll stretch a little bit. Then it just locks up on you, and you're pretty much, like, going nowhere. Um, it's really tough to get the rest of the way down. But then it offers you zero spring. It was just, like, there was nothing there off the chest. So if you're gonna get an SDP, guys, you know I I was looking at these options. I was like, okay, my my black shirt's triple, so I, I got triple sleeves, a triple chest. I'm okay with that. You know, it's it just makes it harder for you to get down with weight. That's more material to fight through. But I wouldn't go and grid stitch your SDP for some reason. That really killed all the pop I was getting from that shirt. So I'd highly suggest if you can get an SDP. You're probably better off just starting with the stock double double. Um, no grid um, you know that's gonna be plenty to learn the thing with the new SDPs too when I got one now I love it but at first it's gonna freak you out because that chest plate is, is super tight it's it really locks you up um, it, it's not that the shirt doesn't fit that's just how it kind of is and, and I can't get my hands out of position without someone kind of moving my hand over to the to the bar for me um, which is normal, you know, you got you want that with the, with the shirt it's gonna be a good tight chest plate But I'm telling you guys that will stretch for you, especially if you load up with weight It'll stretch for you. You know, it's designed to, to really stretch it and, and give as it comes down So if you're getting an SDP, I love that shirt I always recommend everyone gets the Inzer SDP just because I've used it more often than any other shirt I just feel super comfortable in it um, And it's always kind of my go-to and I, I'm gonna wear these for the Arnold but um you know that new one is going to be tight in the, in the chest plate but you know, you'll be able to break it in a bit don't send it back right away okay uh you, you're going to be able to make it work it's going to give for you but it, again it is very tight in the chest and you're going to have a hard time getting your hands out um but yeah i tried to take 750 at that night of champions meet in this shirt you know i think it's going to give me that extra pop it gave me zero pop i just stayed there on my chest and someone took it that was pretty much the extent of it. And you know anything about multiply shirts, you know, that, that shit should at least pop up on you. You know, it gave me nothing. You know, it, it did not move. So don't grid stitch your SDP. I learned that the hard way and I spent a lot of money on it. So uh, I'm letting you know, everyone, uh, not to do that, okay? So <laughs> it wasn't a good idea. And I actually took 800 in that training. Um, this past week I took 800 to a two-board and went really well way better than the first time i took 800 this past summer um that was a real low because i pretty much took the bar out and it just kind of like fell down in my belly that was about the extent of it it was very uneventful um but now i'm handling that weight um, with good confidence and stuff so uh, i was happy about that but um yeah that was kind of a low low point for me everyone just having to bail the weight off me it didn't, it didn't go anywhere it just kind of took me down and that was it um so I was, we're moving on to what we learned. So we went over some highlights this past year for us, some lows. Now we're going to go over like what we learned. i got to sneak in one more comment before we move on. Okay. Because I know we just broke out the scales this morning. And uh, this is my heaviest weight I've ever been in my like, entire lifetime. Yeah, you went up there a little bit. Yeah, so we gotta, we got to work on this. <laughs> yeah, body weight, guys. You know, that's, uh, that's a real common one. Yeah, if you gained a little too much weight. Um, for me, I'm losing more weight than I want. I really got to get that up. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's always a, a kicker. But guys, you get we had a fantastic podcast. If I can reference that with Keith O'Dell and the Gorilla Pack crew, there, um, he he's a fantastic um, guy to talk to in terms of nutrition and what foods he eat and all that. And he's a great person to reach out to. He's helped me a ton. Uh, I cleaned up my diet a lot, especially moving into the 710 bench, and I completely crushed that meat. Um, so if you go back a few episodes in the bench cast, you see we talked to Keith, and he laid the, all the foods out there for us that we should be eating and how much and all this and that. And it was a really good podcast. So if you're struggling with what to do in terms of nutrition, uh, I would definitely reference that podcast and give that a listen. All right, so... Moving on, because, again, the lows aren't really lows as long as we learn from them. So things that we learned this past year that we're going to take forward with us. Some big learning points. So I, I got a huge one, just injury prevention. I've learned so much from coming from the past last year through physical therapists, through books, through podcasts, through videos and everything. 
but how to prevent these injuries, and so I don't keep on like banging my head against the wall in them. Mm-hmm. And recently, yeah, that was a big yeah, one for you this past year, the injury stuff. Recently, to get over like my fear of squatting and getting injured while squatting. I squatted for like two months straight, and we still haven't stopped the gravy train yet. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, tough to bounce back in terms of mentally too. Um, I don't know if you saw what happened with Blaine Sumner this past year. He pretty much sliced his whole forearm open, uh, putting a, a squat back in the rack. Um, could have nearly died. And um, when he came back from that, it wasn't that his strength was gone. It was just mentally. You can see in one of his videos, he posted it all. Um, he only had like a few weeks leading up to the next meet to actually get ready for it. And the thing was, every time he, he could handle the weight, crushed it. Every time he tried to rack the weight again, because it was still fresh in his memory, he had some kind of mental block, and he'd go to put the weight in as normal, but then all of a sudden, he'd just dump it out to the side. It completely ruined the barbell. Um, The thing's bouncing everywhere. You can see his spotters are freaking out in the video, Um, and it wasn't that he couldn't handle it, and he wasn't doing any different. He just had such a huge mental block, because he just sliced his whole arm open. Look at a whole meat farm coming out of his forearm. Um, but man, that, that, I can't imagine that kind of mental block because you know, literally almost died. It was, it was a nasty looking photo, and um, you know, he continuously had those those issues, racking the barbell again. It's a shit ton of weight, guys, and um, you know, that must have been a huge mental block. But you can see, I was an interesting video, just seeing kind of hit the mental struggle that he had with it. You know, it wasn't strength; he was moving the weight well. It was just a huge mental struggle coming back from that type of injury. But yeah, you're you're spot on there. Um, he got a lot of the injury prevention stuff, so you know that might be your case, guys. I know a lot of you going through injuries too. But hey, as long as you learn from them, again, it's a blessing in disguise. Most people will tell you that. You know, Brian Carroll has that that book out there, The Gift of Injury. Uh, he definitely learned from a lot of stuff he went through. So as long as you make it work for you in the end, um, and you can pass that information on to someone else, it's not too bad. Um, so some things that I learned this past year, uh, adding more volume to training, especially shirt work, uh, is something that I would usually take like three shirted attempts. And I've always wanted to add some more volume, um, but you know, more or less you go through the struggle of time in the gym. Um, so I would take more raw attempts, more slingshot type attempts. But I've switched now to taking bigger warm-ups, um, less time in like a ram. I take one ram attempt. I take a bigger jump into the shirt. Just taking bigger jumps in the shirt in general. Um, just so I can get more working sets in, in the shirt. Preparing for this last man standing type of meet a couple times now. Uh, it's been a blessing in disguise because I've been slowly adding a little more volume in terms of how many sets I'm actually doing in training uh, in the shirt. And some of my plan on doing this upcoming year as well is reps in the shirt too something i haven't really been doing um so i'm excited to add all that volume in i think again it always comes down to guys when i'm making progress making my best progress i'm doing more i'm doing more i'm challenging myself more than i was before so that's really what it comes down to and i'm, I'm seeing a lot of the top guys out there now uh, you see a guy like greg powell um, you know, Rich Putnam, for example. I mean, they're in the gym hours on end, just in their shirts, benching, um, just doing a lot of benching. And, uh, you know, that's if you want to get stronger, you got to do more. All right. Simply do more. And that's, that's the big thing I learned. Um, and it's not going to come easy. You know, you're not just going to be able to do it. You're not going to go from doing three working sets to eight working sets. Um, you're going to feel real battered down uh, so you're gonna have to slowly get accustomed to that but that's something that you're gonna want to do uh, over time importance of scheduling so we we're talking about some of the lows kind of um, the priority list the training kind of fell and I'll push it aside you know I have things to do things to do um, it'll get done eventually yeah that whole deal but if you schedule something you're like okay at this time or even if you plan to go somewhere where people are relying on you as well you're gonna be there um so if i say hey i'm training at 12 and i set everything aside and i'm like this is a priority today training at 12 um then you're more likely to get it done especially if you set specific times not only days but specific times 
uh, that helps a lot for making sure you get that shit in. So that's something I learned that I have to do or I'm just going to chronically keep on pushing things back. All right, I need to, like for business, I need to, the night before, plan out what the hell I'm doing that day or else I will end up sitting there and I will just go blank, guys. I'll just go blank and be like, what the hell am I doing now? Um, so I need to have a plan of attack. I need to have a plan on when I'm training. Um, so another big thing for me, and I'm going to leave it at that, is uh, learning more about different shirts, bench shirts in that, that matter. All right. Um, so multiply, single ply, just getting in, in more shirts in general. When I went down to train with Rich Putnam and, and the crew there, um, I tried on a lot of their shirts. I got to feel out his overkill that he did a thousand pounds in. I got to feel Dave Kingwater's red overkill. I got to feel out a super katana. I got to feel out an evil twin. Um, you know, I, I got to try on a new SDP this year. So I'm just adding to the things that I've tried out, getting a feel for how different shirts work. Guys, all these shirts are a little bit different in the way you groove them and how they feel. Um, and just different measurements like some uh, had tighter to the arms you got to play around the multiply game it's all about what you want and how you want it to fit your body to move the most weight which is why i love multiply lifting so much is because it, it's not just what you can handle raw that day but it's how you're what shirt you're wearing the adjustments you're making to the shirt you know the body weight you're coming into the shirt with there's so much more in play that people don't think about that just makes it such a more technical approach uh, to the, the whole lifting thing. So again, it's not just coming in, this is as strong as I am today raw, it's so many other factors. But that's why I think it's so awesome. And that's something I'm gonna continue to do is just try on more shirts, get more shirts in general. Um, just to, to be in more, feel them out, and, and do some different meets and shirts. It's fun guys, it's a lot of fun. So. Those are some things I learned this past year. I got a couple more things I learned t this year, too. One of them is queuing as a coach and, like, learning new lifters, getting to work with a variety of different people. I've been really to help the people that I do coach so much better than from last year. Just, like, little things, like not even, like, coaching single things instead of trying to revamp everything at once. Because mm -hmm. that's just a recipe for nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. And um, yeah, that's something that you're always learning. That's the thing. If you're a lifter, you're a coach, you always got to be in a state of learning. So every year you should feel like that has happened, um, that you've worked with more people, that you've learned more of how different people respond to things. I know that's certainly the case for myself as well, and that's something that should always continue uh, if you're a coach or a lifter. should never be stagnant. And I know you work with powerlifters. I work with more general population, just want to get fitter kind of people. And so it, it's huge because, like, there's so many lessons I can learn from powerlifting, and I can kind of IV drip it to the people that I coach. You know, like little cues, little yeah, lessons. Parallels and stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, guys. You know, if you coach anyone in general, you kind of prepare to jump into another realm. Because um, uh, the video is paused. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. So we got... Um, if you're a powerlifting coach, you, know, you could jump over to CrossFit and at least be able to teach some of those barbell movements. If you're a CrossFit coach, you can teach some of the weightlifting stuff. You know, there's all a little bit parallels. They're all different, obviously, but if you're a coach in general, you're prepared to, to handle a lot of things. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a great point, too. And then, like how you said about learning more and just, like, being around other people, the, for me... The best times in my life where I succeeded in whatever I've done, I've educated myself in that thing. I've gone so in, you know, I, in lifting my best progress is coming. I took an internship at a gym. Mm -hmm. So now in the past, my nutrition has been the best when I would take nutrition courses in college. Now I'm actually going back and diving into nutrition textbooks and everything. I just got uh, Blaine Norton's new nutrition ebook, so I'm really diving through that. Yeah, that's the thing. If you want to be good at something, you got to learn more about it. So, yeah, you're spot on there. Uh, when I wanted to learn more business stuff, I'd follow good business people. You know, I'd do a lot of, like, Gary Vee stuff. And um, there was a, a Grant Cardone. I was reading a lot of his books and just learning ideas, podcasts. You can grab ideas from everywhere. We actually did a podcast on all the places you can learn from. 
textbooks, podcasts, all that stuff. So I think the most fun thing I've ever learned was working with a wide receiver coach, like helping him with stuff. Oh yeah, got some magic hands from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get good at it. <laughs> get good at when you start learning more about it. All right, guys. So again, um, that planning guide is for free on BigBenches.com. Um, it is going to give you that step-by-step guide to plan out your your plan of action, your tack plan to reach your goals in 2019. All right, and this is actually part of it too. One of the steps is actually recapping your year in review, looking at the highlights, the lows. Um, so that's what we did today. Especially be honest with yourself about the lows because they can be hard to like really think about and really process. Yeah, but again, if you learn from them, then it's it's not really a low, is it? It's just kind of a learning experience. Those lows turn into your learning experience down here, all right? But the highlights, you know, hopefully have more than less. Hope 2019 is a great year for you all. We're not going anywhere. We'll be on the BenchCast again next week, the week after that, and the week after that. Appreciate you listening. Uh, continue to watch the YouTube. Got some really cool stuff out. Um, we're just going to keep it going, guys. So, again, uh, please, if you, you uh, can rate this podcast, that would be a huge help. All right? Five-star review. Just help get it out there more. See More people see this information. Um, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, at Big Benches. Uh, at Big Benches on Instagram. Make sure you follow us on there. It's one of our biggest social media outlets. We post a lot of great info there. Um, so make sure that you're following us on all those channels. Thank you for listening to the podcast. This has been um, The Bench Game.